0: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Tech Guide, episode 562. Hello and welcome to the show. It's great to have your company with me once again. This is Stephen Fennec, I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, we're back from the Samsung Galaxy Unpacked event in Seoul where we saw the Z Flip 5 and the Z Fold 5 uh, launched. And we're going to be talking to Samsung Vice President Gary McGregor. The NBN is expanding its fibre footprint We'll tell you how to find out if your house is part of that expansion. In the Tech Guide reviews, DJI has launched a new dual camera drone. Sony has unveiled its latest flagship noise cancelling earphones, and Ecovacs is cleaning up with its latest robot vacuum. And we'll answer all of your tech questions, of course, in the Tech Guide Help Desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected. And Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, last week we were in Seoul, South Korea, for the Samsung Galaxy Unpacked event. It's normally held in New York City. And I was fully expecting to uh, head to the Big Apple again this year, but I uh, was uh, pleasantly surprised to find out that uh, Samsung had decided to take it home. The uh, it was a home game for for Samsung with the the Galaxy Unpacked event. They wanted to have it in their own backyard. Of course, they're very proud of their their home country, and uh, it was actually quite quite a big uh, launch event. One of the biggest uh, post COVID, uh, I think that I've ever seen. It was uh, a lot of people there, a lot of excitement, and uh, a lot of products, which we'll get to in a moment. But the the event uh, went off pretty well. it was the, the the little held a little bit earlier this year like normally it's early early, early August they brought it forward to July not sure why but I, the speculation is that they wanted a little bit more space between the foldable launch and the iPhone launch is what I'm assuming. but as well as that, I think that there's also, the prospect that other companies are launching their foldables as well. So, in the in the period between them announcing this event and the event actually taking place, I think Motorola came out with a with their uh, Razer Forty. I think Pixel Fold was announced in that in that time as well. So, I think Samsung were pretty anxious to uh, to get this fifth generation of devices out there. We we're going to talk about the Z Flip Five and the Z Fold Five. They also announced the Watch Six Classic. Uh, the Watch 6 series, uh, which includes the Watch 6 Classic, and they also announced the Tab S9 tablets. I've written about those on Tech Guide. I'm not going to talk about it on this show, but you can read all about them at Tech Guide. What I do want to talk about, though, before we get to our interview with Gary McGregor, are the two foldable devices. Now, the Flip 5 and the Fold 5, I've said it before, two similar products in terms of the technology in having a foldable screen. But I think the two users of these devices couldn't be any different. They couldn't be any more... Uh, uh, they're not similar, is what I'm trying to say. The, the The user of the Flip 5 is a completely different user the, of the Fold 5. Flip 5 being... The smaller device, six point six point two inch screen, folds in half. Nice big front screen this year as well. That is a completely different user to the the Z Fold Five, which I think is more a, a higher a higher a higher end, a bit more of a, a tech savvier uh, power user. The flip this year, though, I'm really pleased to see that apart from the 6.2 inch display on the inside, which is great. Same size as last year, but they now have a much larger front screen. It almost takes up the entire front screen. They call it the Flex Window. It's actually 3.78 times larger than last year's front screen. And what I like about it too is you can actually get a lot done on that front screen. So you can you can see your notifications, make phone calls, look look at things, control your media, even take photos and videos and selfies. It's a uh, it is a it's a phone system unto itself, and you don't even have to unfold the phone. But of course, when you when you unfold the phone, it looks like every other smartphone, uh, big screen, all your apps are running, and then when you're done, you fold it in half, put it in your pocket, and I think this is a, a case of. This is aimed at the customer who, yeah, I want I want my cake and I want to eat it too. In other words, I want a big screen, but I don't want to carry around a big phone. And that's exactly what this allows you to do. The, has the big have the big screen when you need it, 6.2 inches. When you're finished, fold it in half, put it in your pocket, put it in your bag. It is actually quite small to carry around, so you're not you're not lumped with a big a big device. Now, the big improvement we see, a same improvement on on the fold, which we'll get to in a moment, is the new flex hinge. Now the flex hinge is actually has been engineered so that the the device actually folds completely flat. For the last four generations there's been a little bit of a gap near the hinge so the phone was sort of a wedge shape now that folds completely flat. So there's no wedge at all, no gap. It, it, it now is, is a cleaner, cleaner look. And as a result of that flex hinge and that closing that gap, that actually saves 2.4 millimeters on the thickness of the device as well. So I think I uh, and I mentioned we 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 have covered this on our two blokes talking tech podcast Trevor and I we're, we actually recorded our podcast last week in Seoul so uh and I'll repeat what I've said on that show I think the Flip 5 I think is the star of the show because it has more change I think it's a it's more of a, it's got a wider appeal to customers Uh, We're going to talk to Gary about how there's a lot of uh, people switching from uh, iPhone to to foldables and to Samsung in general. We'll hear more from him in a moment, but I think this is going to probably be the more popular of the two foldable new Samsung foldable devices, the uh, the flip the flip five. Pricing wise, you're looking at one thousand six hundred and forty nine bucks. And that is, uh, I, I said it's a price increase. So the base model, that's now the base price, but the base model also now has twice the the memory. So for last year, it was 256 gig for 1649 and there was a cheaper 1499 phone. Now the base model is 1649 and it's the 256. So it's the same price as last year, you can say, but there is no cheaper uh, alternative to the Flip 5. Let's turn our attention now to the Fold 5. And I I'm I normally gravitate towards the Fold more than I do the Flip. Uh, I think it's because I do love a big screen and th- that screen inside is pretty big. It's uh, 7.6 inches, in fact. It does have a 6.2-inch screen on the front but it's the same narrow shape as the last couple of years. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm a little disappointed that it wasn't a wider front screen. I think that it's it's five millimeters away from being the best phone ever built because the that front screen, I still find uh, with my fat thumbs and clumsy fingers, I find it hard to type. So if you want to type out a quick message or a WhatsApp reply or whatever you want to do, an email, uh, it's nine times out of 10, I've got to open the phone. I've got to stop what I'm doing, use both hands to open the phone and type away. And it's, it's just would have been a lot better for me to be able to just to smash those out on the front screen if it was slightly wider. Now I had I had a chance to tour the design center in uh, in Seoul after the the day after the event, and was able to talk to some engineers. And I gave them my two cents worth. I said, I said, look, you know what would be really good uh, would be if the front screen was about five millimeters wider, and you're using that extra screen space to make the S Pen to store the S Pen because this works with the S Pen again, but. You've got to carry around it separately or they do have a nice new case where the S Pen, really thin and slim now, fits inside the case. But it would be brilliant if you could fit it inside the phone. So having that extra space on the front would mean bigger front screen and thereby a bigger inside screen while still looking not much bigger than the Galaxy S23 Ultra. Of course, it would be thicker because there's like it's like having two of them stacked onto it, on top of each other but… I, I would use the hell out of that phone and look, I, I still like the fold five. I do like it. Uh, I reckon it, it's 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 good, not great. it, it can be better and I, I'm just wondering what next year holds. I thought I was hoping this year the fold five would have those extra features. they have that new design and extra features. All, all we got was a brighter screen. I got to say, the bright the screen is really punchier uh, inside and outside screens. Uh, they do have that added punch of uh, brightness. They also have that new hinge as well, of course. So the gone is that little wedge shape. Uh, Two point four mil saved on the thickness as well. But that's about it with, with the with the Z Fold Five. It's apart from a new color, it's pretty much the same phone as last year. I'm I'm being completely honest. I think that if if it had that extra Width on the front, it really needs that to stand out. So, anyone who's seen the Pixel Fold, they've seen that the screen is wide but the device is shorter. So, wide and short. I think the Z Fold, the Z Fold 5 can be both wide and tall. So, the front screen would look more like a real phone and the inside will be even bigger. Take my money right now. That's exactly what I want. But for now, the Fold 5, I think, yeah, it's okay. It, it, It has improved. I think it's got a faster processor now does have a uh, brighter screens that that flex hinge as well uh and, and it is it is aimed at that at, at your real high-end user because that inside screen if you're a multitask you can run up to three different apps at once so i had i had uh i was looking through what was I on i think i had like tiktok open on one and a half and email on the other so i could do two things at once you can have a third app open if you want so it's up to you how you want to group the apps but it does really help you get a lot of a lot of work done uh, the F- Z Fold uh, 5 pricing, uh, again, a bit more expensive. I think it's $100 more expensive. starts at $2,599. That's for 256 gig memory, 12 gig of RAM. Uh, goes all the way up to a terabyte of, of memory and 12 gig of RAM for 3149 bucks. There are three colors available for the Z Fold 5. That's Phantom Black Cream and Icy Blue. And for the Flip 5, there's Mint. Graphite, cream, and lavender. But now let's get to our you know, our chat with Gary McGregor. And before I do that, I just want to apologise. Uh, the audio quality is is probably not not the best, but uh, it was and it was in fact recorded on a Samsung phone. But but I think I got the settings wrong, so it's not really the fault of the phone. I think I had it in the wrong mode for the interview, but I have made the most of it. Uh, it's still a great chat uh, with our good mate Gary McGregor. Gary, welcome once again to the Tech Guide Podcast. Great to be with you here, back home in Korea. Nice
1: to be back home. First time we've ever had an unpacked yeah. in Korea, so quite a monumental time.
0: This is the fifth generation of the foldable, so try to suck, can you sum up for us, Like, how far has this category actually come in those years? Even before we launched
1: our first generation, Eight years worth of the technology was there. The folding glass was there. It was just as the market there, and when will consumers be able to respond to it? So it was almost a a product looking for a market. Now what's happened over the last few years is really a market looking for a product because people want to do more of the technology. However, they're just trying to work out how can I have everything that I use in my tech, but fold it and make it compact and portable and work with me which is where foldables is at and in the last few years we have learned so much that if you look at the products now that we're announcing they are thinner, they're lighter, they're more powerful They've got flagship cameras. They, they really are taking it to, to the extremes. I don't know where it'll go next year, to be honest.
0: All those things you mentioned, all those improvements, were they, were they things that you were taking notice from the customers or the your, your best engineers, I guess, the customers are, aren't they, with these sorts of products? There?
1: It's amazing because what I love about Samsung is the fact that there is a real ability to address customer challenges or also go out to market and understand from existing users What are the things that you would like to see? And we were able to carry out a piece of research last year with over 2,000 foldable users in Australia. And their feedback went directly into the R&D for for these products as well. So when we look at the the, the big ones for me, are really the the hinge, for example, it was very hard to to fold over glass and not have a gap in that hinge. We've been able to find a way now to close that. Why is that important for Australians? It's important because we love being outdoors. Mm -hmm. We, We love taking our technology with Is we love capturing it. So the fact that there's no gap means that the, the dust or water ingress is, is going to be significantly less. But at the same time, we're now we're now IPX8 rated as well. So if anything does get in there, it's easy to,
0: to clean the device and move on. So foldables, obviously, is this this is the latest release. And how how well you you got the Galaxy S and Galaxy A models in market? Obviously, Galaxy S still flagship. These are flagship. How what what's what do you see in the next? two to three years is the acceptance of foldables among customers as a genuine option for them. Because as you said, there's a lot of fence sitters that haven't quite come across yet. I think it's
1: really interesting for foldables. We saw a really strong double digit growth year on year with foldable uptake versus last year. And that's continued to, to grow. I think the smart minds say that by 2027, there's over a hundred million foldable smartphones across the globe. Mm-hmm. Australians adopt technology far quicker so, I actually see foldable. I think we'll be in a place in a few years' time where foldable smartphones will actually start to outsell traditional mm. candy bar style smartphones. I would say we almost made the mistake of assuming everyone would want a valued device, but actually, they want the device that they want, but they want to try and find value within that, meaning. We actually wanted a premium smartphone, and they value those experiences more. And when you take a step back and look at it, because this year, in the first half of this year, we sold more premium smartphones than we did last year, Mm -hmm. which was really interesting. And yes, there was fewer people in market. But the ones who were in market were spending more. So they value that experience and they'll look for the best deal to get it. They're not having something they think they should have. It's what they want. And I find that really, really interesting. So our focus now is how do we get these products into the hands of as many Australians as we can. And that's looking at models like trade-in and working with our partners around potential value-adding or various other programs. Because everyone's different and everyone's got different demands from tech.
0: I think um, once people get these in their hands, I think a lot. I know I've been using Folds for many years, as you know. Once people see them, there's a fascination by them. People think, "Oh, wow, they're a lot better than they thought they were." So, how are you trying? I know you got your stores, and would there be places in in retail areas where they can actually literally get their hands on them? Absolutely, and it's a really good point.
1: We've made such a focus of allowing Australians to get hands-on with these products, and. As such, every every unit that you're going to see going out into into stores and we've worked with our partners to make sure we've basically got 100% coverage. There might be the odd regional store, but we've done our best to get every single store with live units of Flip 5 and Fold 5.
0: I've noticed too, obviously, that you guys were obviously the first in the category, but now not the only companies Mm. in the category. So does that that validate for you that there is actually a market here that, that other companies are now producing
1: foldable devices? I think it's great. There's some real strong competition in this space now and really good products too. It forces us to be better and it forces us to make sure that when more people and what this does is it allows more people to consider folding smartphones than before and as you say it validates the category it's not going to go away so with that we're uh, we need to be brilliant and what i think is really really interesting is that when other other brands have launched their products we've actually seen a spike in our sales as well around those times so it's very telling that they're bringing more people into market and we need to work on that experience We've got five years worth of experience in this space and uh, Australia's a tough market in terms of expectations around experience, after sales, quality and we've really focused on those areas as well. Yeah, we've got a great product but at the same time the whole experience you have once you own that and the peace
0: of mind, that's where our Mm -hmm. focus needs to be. So do you think it's a case with now these other brands, Rising Tide, lifts All Boats kind of thing, that people are going to be more interested in the category and more likely to invest in a product like this?
1: Yeah, very much so. I I expect and keep in mind, technology, lead times and cycles, there there are other brands who are looking to come into this space as well. They're working frantically. We see from foldables that... People are switching ecosystem onto foldable devices Mm -hmm. at a rate of three, four times what they normally would. And that's a reason why our carrier partners and our retail partners are so focused on this launch as well. Because this is the only launch really in market where people give up everything and say, I really want that product. And generally, when you change your smartphone brand, Mm -hmm. you'll also consider who your your carriage is
0: with as well Mm -hmm. and what network you're with. Yeah, sure. I know that you did mention that people keep switching. Is that what you, you mentioned the S23 Ultra? There were a lot of customers who were coming from another ecosystem. Is that right? Yeah. Another. So is that. Uh, obviously, that's great for you, but do you see that continuing now with the fold? Or you may get well. Let's let's call it what it is: Apple customers coming to Samsung.
1: Yeah, the, the numbers, the switching numbers, have remained really high and really mm. consistent over the last few years. We thought it might be an an initial spike that would come down, mm-hmm. but in actual fact, it's it's maintained and grown. So we're we're working very much on the first thirty days of ownership as well, which is absolutely critical. So. Yep. When you, and it's hard, it's like buying a new car or you move into a new house, as you say change is good, it can be quite daunting for the first couple of weeks. Once people had moved across, it was easy, it wasn't, so we're doing everything we can to make sure that we're we're holding their hands and uh, taking them through the process. Before we let you go,
0: I'd love to just ask you, what do you think of the EU ruling where uh, they're saying that by 2027 the uh, batteries have to be replaceable, accessible. Have you heard about this ruling?
1: Yeah, we're we're obviously, and when it comes to battery technology, we're we one of the foremost voices within that. We'll be very respectful of whatever ruling does does mm. come down. Understand what's what's driving it. Let's uh, let's see how that ruling yeah. ripples its way through to to Australia. But we'll be we'll be fascinated.
0: Gary, pleasure to talk to you again. Thanks for joining us on the Tech Guide podcast. Really appreciate the time. Thank you, Steve. Alrighty, the NBN uh, is back in the news and I think this will be some this will be music to some of your ears because what's happening? The fiber expansion continues. So what they've done, they're expanding fiber access to 2 million more homes. So what this means is that with fiber to the premises, you're able to access higher plans, faster plans. So uh, you can go 250, you might go, f- you know, f- a gigabit per second if you want to. That's what I've got here. I, I- I've got fiber to the premises. I had it installed in October. Uh how long have I had it for now? It's October last year. Yeah. So October 2022 and i had if and <laughs> that's a whole separate other story you can read my story about my experience cuz i sacked optus because they're completely hopeless they they couldn't manage to upgrade me the me me triggering me want requesting the higher plan on optus's on their optus plans that is what then got the nbn to expand the fiber to my home and that's the same with with this case and so in my case Optus, did that bit was fine, but when it came to Optus's turn to do their bit, they failed miserably, and I sacked them. So you can, if you want to search for Optus sacked on Tech Guide, you can read that oh, after 25 years they got the boot. But in this instance, I hope you don't have that sort of drama. If you, uh, if your provider does uh, offers those faster plans, and you can change providers, by the way, too, if the, if your provider doesn't offer the faster plans that you want, uh, once you order that higher plan that is what triggers the fiber to the premises installation so what what the NBN' saying with this announcement is that we have now other areas that are ready to go if you want the fiber to your to your home so rather than putting fiber to everyone's home even if they don't want it that was the original plan 20 years ago even if you don't want it that if you don't want it you're not going to get it so it's 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 a you you need to be uh, ordering that faster plan so i think that's really sensible because you know the the government's what put 2.4 billion dollars behind their this investment here this fiber expansion the upgrade program they call it but they're leaving it up to the customer if they actually want the fiber to their home. Some people might be happy with fiber to the curve. They might be, you know what, 100 megabits per second is plenty for me. Uh, others might want, you know what, I want to go bigger. I want faster. I want to play my games better. I want to stream better. I want to, I've got all these people in my house. So I need more bandwidth. So they're the sort of customers who would be looking at perhaps engaging in the faster plans. And once you've done that, As soon as you've ordered that faster plan, your provider will then say, hey, NBN, this person here wants a faster plan, so skedaddle and get the fiber to his premises and her or her premises so or their premises i should say so that is what triggers it now you can check if you are eligible for this expansion there is a link on our story on tech guide it's nbn.com.au forward slash fiber upgrade but i'd much prefer you go to tech guide and click on the link Uh, that way then you can enter your address and you can see whether you will qualify if you're eligible to get the fiber, to go fiber. Fiber is good for you, apparently. So especially if you're on faster internet. Now, at the moment, fiber is accessible uh, to the premises. Right now, 61% of homes, that's 4.3 million premises, have access to full fiber. I'm not saying every house has got it, but if they want it, it's there. So it's up to the customer. And now what the NBN's goal is, is that 90% of homes, so 10 million premises, will have full fiber access by 2025. So you're talking NBN's ultra fast plans that offer speeds between 500 megabits per second and a gigabit per second. I've got a gigabit per second. If I did a speed test right now on on my home network, I'd get probably 946 megabits per second. And that's what you can achieve too if you want to go down that path and get your fiber. Uh, it, first of all, check your address because you don't want to be disappointed. Check your address. If you are eligible, then go ahead and order your faster plan if you want to, if you need it. But if you don't, that's up to you. There's no obligation here. If you want to read more about that and check that link and check your address, you can find all of that at techguide.com.au. And now, a tech guide review with Stephen Fennec. Now, you know, I love my drones and DJI has done it again. They've come up with the DJI Air 3. This is a drone that is a little bit different. It has dual cameras. You know, your phone's got like four cameras on it. It was only a matter of time before a drone did the same thing. And DJI naturally were one of the first to introduce it, if not the first to introduce it, though. I think they had a, their Mavic, I think, had a dual camera, but this is the first time the Air has a dual camera system. So, dual primary cameras. So, isn't dual, isn't primary mean the main one? So, how can you have dual primary? I don't know. Anyway, the the Air 3 has a wide angle camera and a 3x medium telephoto camera. And what I like about it is you can produce completely different results. Like you can, if you want to go the wide angle, of course, you're catching these sweeping panoramas and mountains and whatever you want to do. But then if you want to switch to the 3x zoom medium telephoto, you that allows you then to sort of focus in on a subject and really sort of bring them into the frame. So it really does add uh, to your, to uh, puts a couple of other clubs in the bag for your aerial photographer, uh, and, and it really does create these tremendous videos and images. And the, the you can produce up to 48 megapixel images, as well as 4K HDR videos at 60 frames per second. You can also do, I think, 100, 100 frames per second if you want to do some slow-mo, but this is a pretty special drone that allows you to do a bit more. And if, you know, whether you're, you want to go outdoors or whether you want to – even among like in, in a forest, it's got a tremendous uh, safety on board. It's got these, um, these the uh, avoidance – obstacle avoidance sensors. So it's the first time the air has got top, back, uh, front, back, and, and below for obstacle avoidance. So you could fly this thing through a forest – and it'll be dodging trees and making sure it doesn't crash. So it'll find the safest path. So even if you're a, a, an inexperienced pilot you're still going to get tremendous results. I think that's really important. So uh, the ability for you to still, even if you're picking a drone up for the very first time, you, it is, does give you some peace of mind knowing that the obstacle avoidance is going avoid, to help you, save you from flying this into a tree or into a wall or a building or whatever you, whatever might happen. Uh, so it's happened to the best of us, myself included. Uh, I've had a couple of drones repaired over the years, but uh, with the Air 3, uh, hopefully you'll avoid all of that now the the there is the the sensor is a one and one one third inch CMOS wide angle Uh, so the same sensor for both cameras but uh, even though they have the same sensors the same size sensors at least they also they have though different focal lengths so that you get more of that variety remember I was telling you about the wide angle with the wide sweeping landscapes and that's the equivalent of having a 24 millimeter lens with f1.7 aperture, then if you want to go the 3x telemedium camera, that's similar to like 70 millimeter and f2.8 aperture. So if you need photography, you know what I'm talking about here and, that can, and with the 3x, of course, is 3x optical zoom, optical zoom, not digital zoom, optical zoom. So much broader, wide-angle field of view, and then you can actually let you focus in on your subject with the 3x medium telephoto as well. Uh, and I said, as I said on the video side, you're getting 4K, 60 frames per second HDR, and up to 4K, 100 frames per second. Uh, that's uh, without field of view cropping as well. The DJI Air is also the first of the Air series. To support 2.7k vertical video, you know what? For TikTok and Instagram Reels, you got it there. You can do, you can flip this around and have your vertical videos as well. So they got you covered there. Uh, another first was is the obstacle sensing. So a lot of firsts with this one. I, I spoke about the obstacle sensing before, but it does really, uh, yeah, it's the first time it's been uh, on the on the air model of drones. And again, if you're a beginner brilliant uh, brilliant uh, work for the for you if because you don't want to be risking flying this thing into a tree the active track function is also there so you can fly hands free while it's locked on an object it does also and again another good tip for begin good feature for beginners advanced rth which is return to home So if you get in trouble, hit that RTH button and it'll return to the point where it took off from. It's GPS location. It'll navigate back to where you took off right at your feet. It'll return. Now, you know what the massive improvement is, though? Is the flight time up to 46 minutes, can you believe so I don't know, that's a combination of having a bigger battery or a more, just a more efficient and aerodynamic design, but 46 minutes, that's remarkable. That's a 48% improvement on the previous model. That is huge. There's also a new battery charging hub. If you get the Fly More package, which I highly recommend, the new battery charging hub can actually, so if you're in the field, for example, right, and you need more, you know, you can transfer power from other batteries to the highest, to the battery with the highest charge. So if you want to, so rather than having to find a power point to recharge the bat, one of the batteries, you find the one with the highest charge and you can actually transfer power to from the other two batteries into that one battery. Isn't that amazing? So that way you can get that, that, that longer flight time with the one battery rather than having to fly for two minutes, come down, fly for five minutes, come down. So this gives you longer flight time with a single battery. I reckon that's amazing. And of course, there are all the other intelligent features on board, uh, focus track for both cameras, quick shots, I like quick shots, you know, the rocket, the drony, the helix, the circle, uh, it does a little, it does all that automated flight path, it's pretty cool. Uh, there's also the master shot, so you can shoot multiple clips and edit clips and add music and do whatever you need. Uh, there's also night mode on this one. So you can capture 4K up to 30 frames per second in low light environments. And of course, there's hyperlapse. So you can take your uh, you can take your time-lapse footage, which is pretty cool. You can do that in both horizontal and vertical mode. So your social media followers won't be missing out on your work there. There's also, with the, you can have the slow motion Remember with a 4K 100 frames per second or 1080p 100 frames per second to record a 4X slow motion video. A lot of options here, a lot of things for you to do. Now, pricing, it starts at $1,699. That's with the, with your, your basic remote. If you want to then get the RCN2 remote, uh, that's, one, that's $2,049. And uh, that's the Fly More combo, actually, and I highly recommend you get that one. Uh, and if you want the Fly More combo with the RC2, I think no, that's the one with the screen, $2,349. Most definitely worth buying any of those Fly More combinations because you get the battery charging hub, you get more batteries, you get more propellers, you get a a carry bag. Most definitely worth every time getting the Fly More combo. If you want to check it out for yourself, the DJI Air 3, you can do that at techguide.com.au. While I was in Seoul last week, I still had to do my other duties, and that was to report on the fact that Sony has revealed its new WF-1000XM5 earphones uh, with noise cancellation. Now, this is their flagship earphones with what they're calling their best noise cancellation ever and with an even wider bandwidth for the best performance in any environment. That's a big call. Uh, Sony, I think are uh, very well respected in the au- in audio circles. they do their earphones and headphones, for that matter, are both uh, they they are, they do sound tremendous. But no matter what sort of music you l- you're listening to either it really delivers that quality that you expect from Sony. There is a uh, dynamic driver X driver unit so that provides wider frequency reproduction. so that means better bass, crisper vocals, all the detail that we're looking for. The diaphragm structure, uses different materials for the dome and the edge. So what what does that mean? Lower sound distortion. It means giving clearer audio. So you reduce the distortion, clearer audio. Sony are pretty good at this. The 1000XM5 earphones, they also have head tracking. It's becoming really popular now. Head tracking is where you can adjust the sound based on your head movement. So it'll align with the origin of the sound in front of you, So if you turn your head to the left, your right ear is closer to the sound and vice versa. If you turn your head to the right, your left ear is closer. So you hear that there as well. Uh, It does also have the 360 spatial sound personalizer, So that's spatial audio, which again is very popular with other brands as well, including the AirPods. And this is where your music is coming, not just from the left and right, but from everywhere, basically. Um, The, the, Whole The whole concept here is to sort of in, to envelop you with sound. So it's like having Dolby Atmos, but for music, where it's coming from everywhere. Now, they, I did mention the fact that the noise cancelling had improved. So there are now two proprietary processors in each of the earbuds. And what that does, that detects and cancels even more ambient sound than ever before, and there are dual feedback microphones and noise isolation ear tips. So uh, these this is what works together to create this improved noise canceling. I have re- I really do think Sony noise canceling is up there with Bose and and all these other big brands. Sony know a thing or two. Now what is also interesting here is that the noise reduction technology for for your earphones are also used uh, with to improve your call quality. So it's good. there's an AI-based noise reduction algorithm that can help improve your call. So because you think about it, you're wearing earphones a lot of people and me included i answer my phone with the earphones in i expected the call to be crystal clear and i expect my voice to be crystal clear as well and that's what sony assures here they use bone conduction sensors to help deliver your voice loud and clear can you believe and while at the same time the noise cancelling technology is suppressing the ambient sound resulting in you having a very clear call now again Really nice looking, too. They do have a premium look and feel. They're also smaller. I do do love the fact that they're small enough to fit comfortably in your ear. It's 25% smaller, as a matter of fact, and 20% lighter than last year's model. So in a year, they've lost a bit of weight and lost a bit of size, something I wish I could do. So this is a good move on Sony's behalf here. Uh, You can also control your earphones with the normal on-ear controls but you can also use head gestures. This is cool. So here's an example, right? If a call comes in, you can choose to answer the call with a nod of your head. So if you're saying, yes, answer the call, it'll answer the call. Or if you want to reject the call, guess what you need to do? Shake your head no. You say no, and it'll, it'll reject the call. Isn't that cool? You want to answer the call, you say, yes, I want to answer the call. And it'll be answered. If you don't want to answer the call, you say no, shake your head, and it won't be answered. Love that. On the battery side, eight hours of charge on the headphones with another 16 hours in the case. So you've got 24 hours of listening right in your pocket. And a three-minute quick charge will offer up to 60 minutes of playback. And that's long enough if you want to go for a run, a session in the gym or even a commute on the train, you have running late for work, you thought damn it, I didn't charge the, e- the earphones uh, 3 minute charge 60 minutes of playback The uh, the Sony WF-1000 XM5s are available in white or black, they are nine ninety five. I told you they're flagship, they do go on sale in August and stay tuned we will have a complete review in the coming weeks but if you want to check it out in the meantime you know where to go, techguide.com.au Ecovacs are at it again. They've launched the d T20 Omni. Now, they've got a wide range of uh, robot vacuums, one of the leading brands in the category. The latest edition, though, uh, has dual vacuuming and mopping. So it's, a, it's, a, it's both a vacuum and a mop, and never the twain shall meet as well. It will not mistake your carpets for a hard floor and vice versa. It does have, uh, in fact, it has the auto mop lifting, uh, and also hot water mop washing. So what I mean by auto mop lifting is that if it's it's not dragging dirty mop across your carpet, to while it's vacuuming, it actually lifts it up off the carpet so that it's just vacuuming. It's not wiping all the dirt on your carpet, which is it makes sense, doesn't it? This is the first Dbot to also include 6,000 PA suction power. Uh, with the 5,200 milliamp hour battery, which means up to four hours of cleaning on a single charge. That's huge. Uh, It's also the first uh, Omni, it's the Omni station for the first time outside of the X1 Omni models. So you're getting the station which can empty the dustbin and wash and dry the mop pads as it's recharging. So how's that for a hands-off solution? And Iqivax is funny. They, uh, uh, it's appropriate, I should say. They've they've uh, teamed up with Olympian Yana Pittman. I wasn't at the event. I was in Seoul. I would have loved to have met her. She's uh, the first Australian woman to compete in both the Summer and Winter Olympics. And then after that, she decides, you know what? I'm going to become a doctor. And she did that. And at the same time, raising six children. I think that's remarkable. And uh, she was at the event, and she was saying that you know this is what I call it, mum's best friend. Because it really helps with all the cleaning. It is one of those things where you set it and forget it. So you can be up to 75 days without even bothering to do anything about the mopping and vacuuming because the D-Bot's doing all of that for you. And all the other features you'd expect to be on board, including auto lift mopping technology. But there's also the true mapping, true detect technology. So it maps your house really well. The true detect obstacle avoidance can scan and detect objects that are in front of the vacuum, like toys, socks, cables, things like that, where a normal, a regular vacuum would have just run right over and it would have stopped dead in the middle of the clean. This one does, this vacuum actually detects the obstacle, moves around it, so it continue can continue cleaning uh the dbot t20 omni also has the yiko ai voice assistant uh yiko the uh, i think someone might say yiko the ai voice it's basically like alexa for it's own little version of alexa and you can tell it to go clean uh you can go mop tell it to mop tell the vacuum a specific area you might say uh dbot go vacuum the lounge room and it it'll, it'll cuz it's mapped your home it'll know exactly where to go or you might say return to charger or Auto cleaning and it'll, it'll go and do exactly what you said. You can command it with your voice. Uh, the The price of the T twenty Omni is one thousand seven hundred and ninety nine bucks. Which, when you consider what you're getting here, you're getting the top of the line, near top of the line vacuum with the or the auto empty station cleaning station for under two thousand dollars. Two years ago, this was a thousand dollars more expensive. So I think that uh, what what's happening is the technology improves, the it also gets cheaper. And I think that if there's any, been a, ever a time for you to want an all in one solution at an affordable price, the DBOT T20 Omni certainly ticks all of those boxes. Uh, it's, yeah, $1,799. It's available at JB, Harvey's, Godfrey's, Bing Lee stores, online from JB Hi Fi, online at Harvey Norman, Godfrey's online, Good Guys online, Bing Lee, Amazon, eBay, or ecavax.com.au. But again, go to my site click on the Tech Guide story and go to the link on my story, please. If you want to check it out, you can do that at techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fenwick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. It's a new year and our digital generation continues to see a rise in cybercrime and data breaches. Don't leave your devices without protection or your personal information open to exposure. It's time to have a plan to keep your devices and personal information protected. Save your time and money should the unthinkable happen and your devices are at risk to cyber threats like malware, ransomware or viruses or your personal information being exposed to cyber looking to trade your details on the dark web. With Norton 360 Platinum, if you become a victim of identity theft, you'll have access to their dedicated identity restoration specialists to help you address your identity theft claim and help you resolve it. Norton 360 Platinum is available now at Harvey Norman, JB Hi-Fi, or online at au.norton.com. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk is brought to you each and every week by our good friends at Belkin, belkin.com forward slash AU. And that's the place to go if you want to choose travel accessories or a charging stand, even some earphones, cables, you name it. Belkin's got it. Check them out, belkin.com forward slash AU. A question I get asked a lot, I get asked about TVs a lot. I, uh, I, that's one of the most asked questions. What's a good TV to buy? Uh, I've got a bright room. I want to have one for the bedroom. I want a big screen. Um, one, The latest question I got was uh, about a bright room. So it was uh, someone said that their, their viewing room is actually quite sunny and they wanted something that's going to be quite bright to be able to view in that in that bright room. And naturally, everyone assumes that uh, OLED is off the table, and that's kind of the narrative built around uh, mainly Samsung. Samsung, because they sell both QLED and OLED, they they differentiate the, the two formats by saying that uh, OLED is if where you can control the brightness in the room, and uh, QLED is if you're got a bright, open-plan living, and... Although I've had a LG OLED in a bright open room for many years, I don't anymore. It's in my office now, but the even in a bright room, an LG OLED is still quite bright. Not as bright as a QLED, I'll grant you that, but it's not a deal breaker. You can still see the picture quite clearly. It's not going to be it's not going to be blown out at all. Uh, but again, the QLED brightness is way better, way brighter, I should say, not better, brighter than your OLED screen. But I think if uh, if when in doubt, I th- I'd say probably doubt, go down the QLED, or if you look maybe high sensors, their ULED range are also quite bright as well. So uh, that that's a question. I think it, it's good homework to do. I think I really appreciate that question because they're doing their homework. They don't want to spend five grand on a TV and think, oh god, we we should have we should have done more research. The, these are good questions to ask. Really take a look at where you're going to be watching the TV because. Comparing, if you if you're looking at buying a TV right now, you're probably looking at the old TV and thinking, "Oh, that's okay," but not realizing how much better it can be in terms of brightness, clarity, all of those things. Uh, and and again, check how bright the room gets. If the sun's streaming into that room in the middle of the day, then may you might need a TV that that can handle that. But generally, what I've found is that OLED, even the LG OLEDs, Samsung OLEDs, they claim to be brighter than LG OLEDs. Uh, and they probably are, but even the LGO LEDs, there's, there's 10 years of development behind them. They're still easily watchable, even in a bright room. So, up to you how, how you want to decide that. But I really appreciate that question because it's great research, and hopefully, you've benefited from that research. And that is our show for this week. Thank you for hanging around till the end. If you need to find out any more about what we've spoken about on the show, guess what? You can find it at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you. Info at techguide.com.au. Or you can click the Ask Stephen icon on the website. And that will also generate an email for me as well. We want to thank our great sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton. That's the company that can keep you, your family, and your devices safe online. Please support the great sponsors who support the Tech Guide podcast. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.